Starting up a business is hard, really, really hard. Your chances of failure are high. You're likely to lose both your sleep and your hair. But luckily for you, you're not alone. Welcome to ET Startup School, your step-by-step -step guide to starting, building and consolidating your startup business idea. Your teachers at the ET Startup School will be some of India's best-known entrepreneurs, VCs and domain experts. So grab a notebook, pay close attention, school is about to start. Today's class at ET Startup School is called, Where Do I Get The Money From? Your teacher for this class is Preeta Sukhthankar. After working in the fashion, media and entertainment industries, Preeta founded The Label Life, a direct-to-consumer clothing, accessories and home decor brand. Goat Brand Labs acquired a 90% stake in the company in 2022 for an undisclosed sum of money. Preeta is currently working in stealth mode, building Pop Club, a horizontal coalition loyalty ecosystem front-ended by a lifestyle app. Preeta Sukhthankar, welcome to ET Startup School. Okay, so here's where we are at the, at the stage of entrepreneurship. I've come up with an idea. The next thing I'm going to need is my own money. So first question, should I start with my own money? Um, Suresh, there's never a straight answer to this question, right? Um, it all depends on what you're building. Um, having spent the last uh, almost a better half of this decade um, and being given advice like never raise money and try and put in only your money. Uh, I am now weaning, uh, sort of leaning towards uh, the answer being don't raise money till you need it. You know, and again, you have to define why you need it and do you really need it. But ideally, if you can bootstrap as far as possible, bootstrap. By bootstrap, I mean put in your own money. Um, don't even ask friends and family for it. Uh, reach a sort of PMF uh, stage um, and only then think about raising money. And clearly define why you need to raise money. What if I don't have too much money? What do I do? Do I take a loan? What do I do then? So it, to me, again, um, you know, list down. I do this a lot with even friends or just uh, uh, folks who ask me how I go about doing this. I think it, it, it may sound really basic, but uh, maybe list what you're doing this for, right? Um, are you building a business for uh, some, um, I mean, most people build businesses to make a lot of money, right? Um, some people do it really to build legacy or some are doing it for passion. I mean, I don't know where uh, you're falling into any one of those three categories, if at all. But I would actually list down what my outcome, uh, even financial outcome would be, right? If your financial outcome is to um, just um, do better monthly, do um, better than your current paycheck, or is your financial outcome to buy an island in uh, near Ibiza, where uh, most people land, I would then actually step back and look at what, you know, an AOP or an annual operating plan for your current business would be and then really decide because I actually think if um, your business uh, is a tech business, you are going to need a lot of money because you're probably building a startup uh, from scratch and a plat uh, an app or a, um, usually it's an app from scratch and that takes a lot of money. I mean, we know how much engineers are, are costing and right now as we're, um, you know, recording this, right, Suresh? So, um, I mean, it's, it's, I would just, the basic advice would be do not raise money. 
market. It's not as easy as people think it is. Uh, once you have investors and especially institutional investors, you're on a clock. There's nothing like, um, you know, it's going to be um, institutional investment means any sort of celebration, right? It just means that you have to get uh, to a place of returning their money twofold, threefold um, as soon as possible. I'm not an entrepreneur myself, but I have heard about something called the 3F rule of raising money. And the 3F stands for family, friends and fools. Did you borrow or raise money from the 3Fs? Okay, I don't know about the fools, but mostly family and friends means you're raising from fools, right? Uh, or you're building something that's, um, um, you know, they, it has their buy-in. Um, but I didn't raise from any. Because I think I'm very middle-class Maharashtrian and I feel like asking a friend almost always feels like it's a uh, flavor. But I do think that especially if you are um, in a situation where you're either coupled or um, this is your mother's money or your father's money and they have excess, why not? Again, it falls in the same bracket of bootstrapping, right? I would bootstrap. Um, but yes. Family and friends is always the first round to go. But but if you can actually, you know, which is what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs these days do, if they're onto something exciting and they can actually see, um, you know, their first series A or their seed, um, you know, almost a term sheet in sight, you should raise from family and friends because why not give back? You know, if you know that you're going to raise your uh, first two rounds and they seem to be right there for the taking, then I think you should raise from family and friends. And just to be clear, Preeta, you're saying raise from family and friends. This is not borrow or ask for a grant or something. You're giving them stake in your company in exchange for yes, the money absolutely. they're giving you. It's a transaction, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, again, if your family and friends have excess funds, then it makes sense. But taking a loan uh, from a bank is, you asked me this before, is near impossible for entrepreneurs um, unless you have collateral. I mean, it's literally a no-go. All these grants that they talk about, all these um, startup founder loans, none of this exists, right? Especially if your company is in the red, which it usually is for, um, you know, the first couple of months or even in um, most uh, startups in India for years. Um, it still doesn't mean that, it definitely doesn't mean that you get a loan. So banks are out of the question. I've heard about this term called venture debt. Yeah. Did you ever consider venture debt? So I, I did take venture debt. Most people do take venture debt, but venture debt is very expensive, Suresh. So um, again, depending on the stage of your company, usually people, usually the way venture debt functions is if you have raised venture capital is only when venture debt comes in, right? So they sort of ride along uh, the person who's investing uh, in with you. They don't almost never come in without, one doesn't come in without the other. So you know, it's a bit of a cash 22. You will have to raise a venture cap to get venture debt um, or have raised it in the past or at least have a term sheet in sight because they usually tag along. Um, but best is just pure debt, right? Venture debt is always more expensive. Again, you get a working capital line depending on, again, what you're building. Usually working capital is um, um, uh, the cheapest form of uh, uh, fundraise in my view but again that only comes if you already have raised um, all right so in, in order to raise money you already have to have raised money first it's a bit of a catch-22 it seems like so Preeta what exactly is a term sheet a term sheet usually details out um, the terms of the transaction that you're about to do right um, 
things that you should watch out for are just the basics because there's so many hidden items in a term sheet that um, you know most um, founders get very excited when they get a term sheet but reading between the lines is um, what is essential in like in any contract right i would actually look at um, you know obviously the amount that you're raising but i would actually look look at all the rights that they expect or from um, the founder or uh, themselves right um, a lot of the term sheet is around something that we call uh, due diligence and um, usually when you get a term sheet you get very excited and but then there's like three months of due diligence and a lot that can happen um, uh, during that time right so i would actually look at a term sheet and hope that you get more than one term sheet because what happens then is that you can at least um, hurry up one term sheet before the other right so if one institutional investor is giving you one you usually say oh i have another one and they're quickly closing the round and these are just um, obviously negotiation track tactics but i have seen a lot of t- term sheets fail um, including uh, with us and it could be sometimes because the um, investor just loses steam or the you know the idea isn't as valid anymore because they've got something else uh, going on or they've just changed their mind so i you know i would actually say that moving to a term sheet uh, phase may be exciting but try and move on it quick having said that what do you look for in a term sheet right again depends on the business that you're building but um, usually drag along rights tag along rights i mean these are all uh, very uh, technical things but what this means is that you just need a lawyer suresh that's okay, the other right. thing that people people should actually uh, talk lawyer. about yeah get a lawyer i mean a lot of people say oh i'm just going to ask a friend to read the term sheet i'm just going to ask um, oh my friend's a lawyer he'll help me out but get a lawyer and uh, again if you really need to know get a finance person i think the mistakes that i made in the beginning was you know using an accountant or uh, having a friend's accountant look into uh, um, you know even day to day running but i think the first thing that most people should get on is a, a finance person because even now when i look at various term sheets that i've signed um i missed a lot and um you know in my hurry to actually close the round and be like oh i need money in the bank um, i agreed to a lot of a lot of dodgy terms and um had i had some time i wouldn't have and that again is because i didn't hire the right uh, finance folks in house all right now let's talk about the different kinds of money what's an angel investor and what makes them so angelic are they like really nice guys and girls who love you <laughs> i mean i love how these questions are uh, you're just trying to get the best out of me so okay most angel investors are not angels only because what it means to have an angel investor is to basically be the first person to give you money right and i'm not talking about family and friends this is usually somebody who's made a lot of angel investments and understand what they're doing my my angel investor actually asked me for 40% of my business when i started off oh, because so it's not they, entirely angelic they want a mm-hmm. significant pound of flesh absolutely not i mean it i, it, I don't even know why it's called angel investments but um again depending on your business right i see a very big difference when uh, folks are building uh, what they call um, i mean usually folks who are building tech or saas businesses right um, or you know they can see 
a really huge scale potential ahead of them but and that's when you know i recently spoke to uh, someone very senior in the business and he actually told me that why would you give anything more than 2 to 3% of your business to anyone and i was like wow who i mean how does this work how do you even negotiate 3 to 4% we are being asked for 40% yeah yeah so um so again depending on who you are second time founder first time founder i assume you're talking to first time founders and first time founders you should be very 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 open to giving anything between 10 to 40% to your first investor right um i mean 40% means you suddenly got a co-founder and i hope that your investor is doing as much work as you but um, be ready for anywhere between 10 to 40 having said that suresh i also want to since you have a non finance person on this particular uh, you know podcast uh of yours deliberately so i also want to say that when um, this was something harish chavla who was my first angel investor and no he wasn't the one asking for 40% but uh, he's a shark um, which harish chavla told me ki ye sab to finally paper hai there's no point in negotiating equity there's no point in saying this is yours this is paperwork because finally paperwork means something you know if you if you really build something of value to um, your angel investor or your investor everybody renegs everybody discusses the deal again everybody finally um, you know does what you would want them to do so if you're building something successful you should really you know just put your head down and work get money where you can get money from literally the just take the money if you're getting it just take it don't say okay not 10% not 15% just take it because the color of money is you know always green and i assume reneg is startup lingo for renegotiate Okay, now let's oh. get to the next kind of money. What is pre-seed money, and where do I get it from? So, usually, very organized. By the way, seed means that you are almost at your viable market product, like product viability of the product. So, usually, seed pre-seed is just before that. So, if you had to say you were building an app, um, pre-seed would be almost similar to angel in the sense that you have an idea, you want some money. these folks uh, believe in the fact that you could get to a um, viable product right so number one is you raise this pre seed you start building the team hire a few people actually start working on the product that you're um, trying to launch you go to seed stage only when you feel like you have the product now and this is what it sort of looks like and give me money to get to product market fit product market fit is when you go into raising venture cap Okay, so we've gotten through the first round of uh, family, friends, and fools. We've gotten through pre-seed. Now seed money. Now what is pre-series A money? So you know, honestly, uh, Suresh, these are all just terms, right? At every stage, you just need more money to get to your next stage of the business. You need money to really have folks notice you, right? Um, and that would be always the first stage of a business, as well as why you need money. then you reach to um uh, then is engagement right again so you've got somebody to your um um product whatever it may be an app or bakery wherever how do you actually engage them uh, when they're there um you'll need money for that as well uh, because now you're building a great looking app your um i don't know um lighting candles in your bakery whatever it may be 
then is monetization monetization always is number 3 you know you're really Correct. setting up building blocks for that and monetization could be anything right in an app it could be your um, you know charging some people for something in an e-commerce platform it could be finally the commission that you're making on the product mm-hmm. in a bakery obviously it is somebody uh, the margin the profit margin that you earn yeah and then finally it is really retention now what is ending up happening is by, by the time you reach your retention place you are going to need money for the first three and then retention is usually a smooth sailing business you're not a startup anymore or you are a startup but you're getting the person back right these all these terms for seed pre seed this that basically it's just different valuations as you're building along the business and proving how successful it is right um and for 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 me at least personally i never went past i mean i raised angel and then i raised pre series a and i stayed there i mean i never really went ahead and raised money because you you have to really at some point of the business look and say, you know decide whether you really want to scale if you keep scaling you it means you keep raising but it will also mean that you keep returning finally when you're raising investment you know for, in absolute layman's terms which is what i am there is some basic level of responsibility um to the people you raise money from right yeah that was my next question if i raise series a do i need to pay back my seed investors and the pre seed investors and everybody below the chain do they all get their money back with interest or with valuation or with uh what about delta difference or something again it depends on what sheets you've signed um what the terms of engagement are but usually suresh you don't return money back until you've made money right um and um again for example in the new business that we're building today the valuations are much higher and um it also means that there is um it is exciting or it is enticing for investors to want to own more in this business as we go forward so those are the guys who really determine whether they want to take back um equity from your original investors so they usually buy it back at a um better valuation than people came in for but of course suresh that is that that is gold right that that i think 10 in a million startups actually achieve for their um um i mean you know you and i both have angel invested and we both know whether we've made money or not but i think the the beautiful ones are the ones that we know are going to um you know have better valuations even in just series b and then you get out that that's amazing if you can do that but that usually never happens you know you you last out till there is some sort of exit some sort of buyout some sort of ipo is you know Yeah. So Preeta is the first time entrepreneur what do i need to know about the backing order of VCs because i keep hearing the name Sequoia and Tiger Global and all these big names uh, is there a backing order should i go to a small vc first and as my okad increases should i go to a bigger and bigger vc or how does it work so i think suresh i'm getting um, to understand why you got me on this uh, particular episode but as someone who didn't know what vc meant actually didn't know what vc meant. i didn't even know what it stood for um when i started the label life people used to say oh this means you're going to raise raise uh, money and i was like okay what does that mean i actually googled it those those days even now there's something called uh, qora and qora gave me most of my answers right i love how i'm actually saying this i don't care but it's true so i used to write uh, 
um, you know, actually ask questions on Quora uh, and there used to be communities and people actually, they had great answers on Quora. You don't need things like this. You should just go to Quora. But um, having said that, for me, I think it was quite simple. Um, I knew what I was trying to build. So I actually went and I think this is a great philosophy for uh, we follow it even today. We actually look for similar businesses internationally or similar businesses in India. And, you know, you then figure out which um, investor has what kind of interest, right? They're consumer um, um, facing VCs, they're uh, VCs who only invest in tech, they're VCs who invest in female founders, they're VCs who invest, um, you know, in, in, in diff you, you'll find, you know, a lot of literature written on these guys. And then you then you pick the best, right? I would do it the other way. I would actually start with what I call the Ivy League guys and then keep going because, you know, if they're not interested, you have to keep going downwards. But having said that, there's so many options now. I feel like there were there've never been these many options. And depending on what you are building, you'll find, a, a, what is it? You'll find a fool out there, as you said. Correct. That's my next question. What about crowdfunding? There are crowdfunding platforms today and group investment platforms or syndicate investment platforms. If you were to restart your your earlier business today, would you consider one of those? Um, yes and no, Suresh, because again, depends on what you want to, uh, because crowdfunding to me still is a family and friends round only because again, when you're building a, uh, crowdfund, I mean, you're, you're building a business, the crowdfunding platform only allows you to facilitate an easier raise, right? Um, you usually send that link to family and friends and they would send it to others and you would literally put it on, uh, groups that, you know, it never really ends up attracting, um, strangers, which it actually should, right? Uh, Kickstarter, for example, in the U S has, is, is or anywhere else is a good way of profiling a innovation or an idea you know like maybe you know i don't know a t-shirt that lights up at concerts or something very random like more inventive um but it it does it still requires a fair level of marketing and now even they you can even spend more to attract more uh you know just the way facebook would so i'm i i still remain a bit uh sketchy on how crowdfunding things work in India, um, unless again you—it's just that you have a great network and that's the network that you attract. I wouldn't do it again. No, actually, I wouldn't change anything about my last journey except the outcome, of course. But that's 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 again that should be in your control. But I guess um, the last couple of years have not been in anyone's control. So oh, that's true. Okay, let's assume I've done uh, family, friends, and and fools. I've done pre-seed, seed, pre-series A. When I reach Series A funding and I raise that, is there an indication that I've sort of arrived on the entrepreneur scene? Actually, I think Series B is the one because Series A is still, uh, um, you know, a risk because you're still just at probably your first year of your concept, and that means nothing, right? Um, you can still be a little happy that you know you are uh, somewhere, but uh, I think Series B is the one that you know that this is now a business and people are supporting the business that you're building and not the idea that you have. Um, and of course, Series C, Series D just means that uh, you're on a roll and this is this is literally 
um, there are very few companies that have um, you know raised it at an up round consistently. And if you're raising it at an up round every time by two x or three x every single time, you're on a roll. And there are very few businesses. Uh, we we all know established businesses over a decade that are now taking what they call down rounds, and um, that's not a good place to be. That's startup jargon. What is an up round and what is a down round? So an up round is um, if you do uh, say a million, and then uh, at your uh, um, I'm going to start with your seed. Then you say you do two uh, million at your three. And two million valuation, not revenue. You need to be valued at two million. Nobody cares about revenues yet. Revenues Nobody talks about revenues in the startup world. Okay, got and, it. And then you do three um, uh, million and four millions and so on, and that is an up round. But when you start really saying, okay, I'm staying at one million. that means your valuation is going nowhere and then you start actually raising sub a million then that means you're doing a down round right okay. and currently you get valued back downwards you get valued back downwards which just is a uh, is tough for any business to All for right. that the final question to you preeta uh, let's assume you raise the money you're back at work today morning you're happy that you have money in the bank but now your investor wants to interfere in your decisions or wants to know why you're making decisions Does that catch entrepreneurs off guard that investors suddenly are taking an active role in running your business? No, that is why I say don't raise money, bootstrap as much as possible because every investor is going to interfere in your business at some point or the other. It is their money after all. It is their money. It is uh, questions that they have to answer. And let me tell you, there are many examples of some of the investors that you mentioned literally running companies today. I mean, a lot of ex-investors are founders today, and for a reason. Um, and um, be please be prepared for investors to run your business. I mean, there's no uh, there's no question there won't be uh, interference, unless of course again you're a super successful founder who's just killing it. There are very rare uh, occasions today. Um, um, Series D. and almost about to ipo founders uh, can see investors not interfere but be very involved in their businesses all right with that it's time for the rapid fire round of questions for preeta sukthankar we have we have only three questions karan johar style and you have to answer let's say in five words or less question 1 preeta what does money mean to you freedom Okay. Only freedom to do what I want. Second, how much money is enough money? It's <gasps> a good question. Um, enough to have uh, that same freedom that I discussed, some peace of mind. Actually, yeah. I'm told the popular figure is twenty-five crores. No, I have no such uh, figure in mind. I was yesterday. I have to tell you, it used to be ten crores for me, but it's not ten crores anymore. But I don't think it's twenty-five either. Given my new, not my new thing, I want to give half of my next exit to charity. Like yeah, so uh, make fifty and give away twenty-five. Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that. All right, last question. Uh, if they made a Bollywood film on your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial life, who should play you? <laughs> Given my current obsession or. Uh, uh, forever obsession. Vicky Kaushal. I think Vicky Kaushal should play you. Okay, fine. 
But it's no. Priyanka Chopra always. Priyan- okay, Priyanka Chopra. Should- for any role, for any role. I agree. Priyanka Chopra should play me as well. I yes. agree with you entirely. All right, Preeta Subtankar, thank you very much for being a teacher on ET Startup School. I hope I was of some help, or else yeah. there's always Kiora. You were indeed. So that brings us to almost the end of today's class at ET Startup School. If you'd like to be a good student, check out and do the homework assignment in the show notes. If you like the podcast, share it with family, friends, even your frenemies. ET Startup School is produced by Animesh Das with inputs from Anupriya Nair, Erika Dzuza, Arijit Barman, Shilpa Sharma, Harish Shavla, Govind Mundra and Vishal Bhandari. ET Startup School is available on economictimes.com and ET Play as well as Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Jio Savan and Google Podcasts. 